0: Hey everybody, it's Ian Reed Twist, pastor at Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Novi, Michigan. Happy New Year. Today's sermon was preached on January 5th, 2020, and we chose that day to make a special service having to do with immigration and refugees because uh, the gospel story is a story about Jesus being a refugee from uh, political violence. Brought on by Herod. So the passage was Matthew 2, verses 13 through 23, and the title of the sermon is I Will Meet You There. Enjoy. The um, NPR show On Being, which I listen to on my way in to church every Sunday, recently re ran a wonderful interview that the host Krista Tippett did with Father Gregory Boyle. Boyle is a Jesuit priest who has spent his vocation working with Latino gang members in Los Angeles. Listening to the interview this time around, I was struck by an observation that Boyle made about the incarnation, the notion that God took on mortal human body in Jesus. Incarnation is, of course, the mystery that this season of Christmas particularly celebrates, remembering Jesus' birth, embodiment as a human. So in this interview, Boyle declared that we Christians are afraid of the incarnation because we have to have our sacred in a certain way. It has to be gold-plated, cost of millions, and cast of thousands, or something. But in truth, Boyle said, the incarnation is relational. And it's embodied in communion, in the Eucharist, as, quote, an ordinary meal shared among friends, unquote. In other words, we're afraid of the incarnation Because the incarnation, even maybe more than the resurrection, has implications for how we engage with other people. It's who we are with those living, breathing human beings through whom Jesus comes to us most tangibly because Jesus was a living, breathing human being. Just as you did it to the least of these, Jesus teaches later in Matthew referring to our treatment of the hungry, the stranger, the unsheltered and sick and poor, just as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. I think Father Boyle is right, that this is a scary prospect for us. I know it is for me. And for evidence of that, we need only look at how the church has treated today's gospel story. Here we have Joseph and Mary grabbing up Jesus and fleeing to Egypt to escape from King Herod's attempt to murder him. Literally, they flee to a foreign country as refugees from violence, by night no less. Like so many in today's world, fleeing Syria and Iraq or Myanmar or Honduras and Nicaragua. And yet, get this, the lectionary for today actually cuts out the part that recounts Herod's campaign of exterminating every child under two in Bethlehem. I had to add that back in. Indeed, the one day in the Christian calendar that commemorates this massacre of the innocents is buried on December 28th. And generally overlooked because who goes to church three days after Christmas to hear about the mass murder of children? Right? We've added the story back in today's reading because it's an important piece of what's going on in this passage and what it has to say to us today. We've added it back in so as not to slide past the truth. Jesus was a refugee. Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, was a displaced person who crossed international borders in search of safety. If the Egypt of Jesus' time were instead the United States of ours, he might well have been separated from Joseph and Mary at the border, imprisoned in a cage, lost in the foster care system, or even deported back into a home country that was trying to kill him. Now please hear that I am not trying to minimize the very complicated and difficult issues involved in immigration and border security or how they can best be solved. Good and faithful Christians can differ on these solutions. But we must also measure those solutions against the standards set forward by this incarnational story. We must not forget that God, too, is a child fleeing assassination. Just as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. So yeah, the incarnation is scary. Its implications for us are scary. But this is only part of the story, isn't it? Because incarnation goes beyond the political to the personal as well. Jesus ate bread with people. All kinds of people. Enemies and friends. So incarnation calls us into relationship. It calls us into mutuality and connection and a sharing of stories. It calls us into a space where kinship with overcomes service too. And Boyle talks a lot about this, about how he's not a a service delivery machine, but somebody who is in communication and in community with the kids that he works with. And to illustrate that, he tells this wonderful story, which is really a communion story when you think about it he recounts a conversation he had with one of the gang kids that he worked with. Now this boy had been abused and abandoned by his parents. And after Christmas one day, they ran into each other on the street and he told Boyle that on Christmas day, he had invited six other orphans over for a meal. Now, all of these kids were on a graffiti crew that Boyle had created. But they belonged to rival gangs. They were enemies of each other. You're not going to believe it, this young man said. I cooked a turkey. Well, how'd you prepare the turkey, Boyle asked. Well, you know, ghetto style, he said. Boyle said he wasn't familiar with that recipe. So the young man explained, you rub a gang of butter, and you squeeze two limones on it, and you put salt and pepper, put it in the oven, tasted proper. Wow. Well, what else did you have besides turkey? Well, that's it, just turkey. Yeah, the seven of us, we just sat in the kitchen, staring at the oven, waiting for the turkey to be done. So what could be more sacred, Boyle asks, than seven orphans, enemies, rivals, sitting in a kitchen, waiting for a turkey to be done. Jesus doesn't lose any sleep that we will forget that the Eucharist is sacred. He's anxious that we might forget that it's ordinary, that it's a meal shared among friends, or we might add even enemies. And that's the incarnation. Today we hope to take a step into that deeper meaning of incarnation, not only by remembering those who are forced to leave their home countries, but by gathering after church with a guest who will talk about her own experiences as a child of undocumented immigrants. And you know, whatever we may think about how our system is broken, whatever policies we may agree or disagree with, this is a chance for us to listen and learn, to break bread with one who has been at the receiving end of these policies, in a way that very few of us have. This is a chance for us to be in communion, face-to-face, to be truly incarnational. I'm put in mind of a quote from the ancient Sufi mystic Rumi, who wrote, out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I will meet you there. Amen. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. And if you want more information about me or the church, you can always go to our website, Holy Cross Novi, that's N O V I, dot org. And in the meantime, have a blessed week, and you can find more sermons as we publish them in the same place you found this one. Take care.